Welcome to the New Life Millbrook Weekly Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast or other resources, please visit nlmillbrook.com. Today, I'm going to be talking about partnering with the Holy Spirit. And to be quite honest with you, EJ preached my whole sermon while she was up here on the platform. I'm telling you, I am God is my witness. You would have thought that I handed her my notes and said, this is what you need to say while you're on the platform this morning. She had no idea. That, isn't that awesome? Holy Spirit is amazing. I mean, how would, how would that happen? That she would say the same things that I'm fixing to say, so y'all ought to get it today. All right, because you've already heard it once, condensed, and much more worshipfully, um, then I'm going to say it because I'm going to try not to make anybody feel bad by the time I'm done. So anyway, let's pray. We need a lot of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for your love. We thank you for your goodness. Father, we thank you for your word. And Lord, I thank you that as we come together today, that you speak to each one of us individually. Father, that we're able to receive what you have for us. Lord, I ask you that as I speak today, that you use my mouth to let your words come forth. Let it be a blessing to the hearers, Father, that we will be doers of the word and not hearers only. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I'm hoping we'll do okay with this microphone. I have to use my hands today, so I couldn't um, do a handheld mic, and I can't, I have no place to do the lapel mic thing that the guys wear. So all our other little headsets are busted, so I've got this big boom. So they're doing pretty good, though. So I don't know about y'all, but I want to grow spiritually I want to continue growing spiritually and emotionally in every area of my life into the person that God wants me to be. Amen? Is that what you guys want? And I said the person that God wants me to be because it doesn't happen automatically. God wants everybody to be saved, but they're not. He wants me to mature spiritually. He wants me to be conformed into his image. But that's going to take something on my part to do that. It's not going to just happen automatically. I know that he's got a good plan for my life. I know he's got a good plan for your life. And we want to enter into that plan that he has for us. For us to just run around quoting Jeremiah 29, 11, God has a good plan for my life, it's not enough. It's good to know, and we need to embrace that. But we have a, we have a part to play in that partnership. It's a partnership, and God wants us to partner with him. We partner with him. So I want you to say, say, I'm a good partner. Say it like you mean it. I'm a good partner. I want us to do it again, but this time I want us to emphasize the word partner. So say, I'm a good partner. I'm a good partner. I'm not somebody that just sits around and watches. You know, um, I've, over the years, you know, been exposed to a lot of college students. Um, my three, grand, three of my grandchildren, um, of which I have three of my grandchildren, but not just them. And one thing I've heard consistently from college students, you know, they are constantly assigned group projects. How many of y'all have had a group project where people were supposed to partner with you and say there's five? and two are doing all the work, if you're lucky or blessed or whatever you want. That's not a partner. That's not being a partner. That's being a leech. A partner is one that participates in the process. And we don't want to be a leech. We want to be a partner. Amen? And the Holy Spirit is the one that helps us grow. Holy Spirit is our partner in helping us grow into the man and the woman that God wants us to be. Amen? Like I said, it doesn't happen automatically. There's a process to growth and change that has to take place in our lives. Do I need to move this further away, Josh? Just wave at me, holler at me, jump up and down, do something. Is that better? 
No? Yes? Okay. Um, there's a process that, that we have to go through, that we need to go through, in order to become the man and woman of God that he wants us to be. But none of us want to hear that part. I mean, I don't want to hear that part, let alone teach it. But we need to do that. It's a blessing when we move into the place that God wants us to be. Paul said in Philippians 3.12, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. In verse 14, he says, I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I press toward the goal. I press toward the prize. It's like a person, Josh, go ahead and put that picture up for me. It's like a person that's running a race. And they push and they run and they stretch and they're doing everything they can to finish that race. It's not a casual, well, it'll happen if God wants it to happen type of thing. You know, God knows my heart. He'll, you know, work on it. Paul said he had to press. Now, we're talking about Paul the apostle. He knew God. He said, I press, I push. It's a stretching. It takes commitment. It takes dedication. It takes determination. It takes pushing forward. We're not a, look, we're not a bunch of weak, mamby-pamby Christians. We're not weak. We're strong. As I was writing this sermon, I thought, oh, brother, those that have heard me preach, especially if you were here on Wednesday nights, this is what I teach. And I thought they're going to sit there and go, oh, here she goes again. You know, haven't we already heard this? Are you walking in it? Kenneth Hagin, somebody asked Kenneth Hagin when he was going to quit teaching faith, and he said, well, y'all get it. And besides that, God's still working on me. So it's for me. This is where I am. This is what God is talking to me about. We just finished a series at my, uh, my Connect group on Colossians, and this is what it's about. A lot of this is what it's about. So this is where I am. <clears throat> it's not all I talk about. But the people that I love and the people that I care about, I want them to get it. Because I know that I know that I know that if we pursue this and we pursue growing in him, that we will be blessed. But not only will we be blessed, those that we come in contact with will be blessed. All right? It's not all selfish and all about us. What I would like and what I think most of us would like is for God to just fix us. I mean, you know, like, Use all your supernatural power, God, and just fix me. Just, you know, just, just all this stuff in me that's messed up, just zap me one good time and just fix me. And then everything will be okay. But it doesn't work that way because we don't get to know him by him just zapping us and fixing us. We don't get to know his mercy. We don't get to know his love and his kindness if we don't go through that process of him showing us, you know what, you got an issue in that area of your life, but I love you, and I'm going to help you fix it. I'm going to help you change that in your life because of my love for you. So we don't get to know him personally if we let him do all the changing. We're supposed to be transformed and you know what? Most of us don't even want to admit that we need to be transformed or changed. We all think, you know, most of us just think it's everybody else's problem. <laughs> if y'all would just get your life together, then my life would be good. You know, it's kind of like when I hear some men I know driving down the road, and they seem to be the only people that know how to drive because everybody else is messing up. So... I guess if everybody was as a perfect driver as Pastor Pete, then we wouldn't have any road issues. But anyway, but they're not. We don't want to be uncomfortable. I don't want to be uncomfortable. We just want to 
get saved, sit back, relax, and let God do his thing. But that isn't how it works. And so I want to show you, I found a clip I want to show y'all. It's a clip of Mickey Mouse in the um, movie Fantasia. And he is, in a, he is a sorcerer's apprentice, and I know that's demonic, you know, but, but anyway, I don't think anybody's going to go to hell because we're watching a video clip of Mickey Mouse being a sorcerer. Um, he's a sorcerer apprentice, and, um, you know, he doesn't want to do the grunge work. He just wants to do the magic. So I want you to watch this video real quick. <clears throat> so for those of you that uh, have ever watched Fantasia, you know how this ends. Uh, the mop just keeps put, putting water in the reservoir and putting water in the reservoir till it floods everything and Mickey's chair starts floating around and he falls out of the chair and wakes up in the water and flips out because he sees what's happening and he tries to stop the mop with all this newfound power and he can't stop the mop. Then he tries to chop it into pieces to kill it so it doesn't do it anymore and all the pieces come to life and they start bringing the water. It was a big failure and a big mess. Why? Because he tried to take a shortcut. He didn't want to do what was his part in learning how to grow into the person of the sorcerer, in this case, that he was to be. And we don't need to take shortcuts either. We need to go through the process of allowing Holy Spirit to do in us the work that he wants to do into us. So we have him as our helper. John 14, 16 through 17, and I'm reading out of the New King James Version says, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. He is in you. If you are born again, Holy Spirit is in you. And I know that seems very elementary, but sometimes I think we forget that, and we don't use the power and the anointing that God has given us to use. And our wonderful Heavenly Father, he knew that we needed help. And he said, I will leave you another comforter, another helper. And that word another means one of the same kind. He didn't leave us something less. He left us equal. He left us Holy Spirit to dwell on the inside of us. We need the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us. And you know what? He doesn't just upload it in our lives the minute that we get born again. Excuse me. He doesn't just upload it. Let's think about this. I mean, it's downloaded. When we got born again, the Holy Spirit was downloaded into our lives. But there's a process that we go through in pulling that up and forward that we manifest the Holy Spirit in our lives. If you download something onto your computer, you're going to have to go to that item and open it up. Am I correct? It's the same way with the Holy Spirit. He's downloaded into us, so to speak, but we have to do the things that it takes to bring him forward, to bring him out, so that other people can see him in our lives. Amen? Peter was talk, talked about the works of the Holy Spirit. He talked about the words of knowledge and the words of wisdom, and he talked about prophecy. He talked about Holy Spirit opening doors for us and listening to the Holy Spirit and, and walking through doors or not walking through doors. And like I said, I think that you should go back and watch those if you haven't already. It wouldn't hurt to do it again. But what the, I want to talk with you about the work he wants to do in you and through you as his partner. Like I said, a partner has to do his part of the partnership. Say it again. I will be a good partner. We want to be good partners. Good partners. We want to participate in the process. The word helper in John 14 is the word parakletos, and it means to call to one's side, to one's aid. It's a, it's the Vine's Expository Dictionary says it's primarily a verbal adjective and suggests, listen to this, the capability or adaptability for giving aid, generally one who pleads a case for another person's cause. He comes to us and he gives us aid. He helps us in our walk here upon this earth. No matter what we need, 
no matter what problem we come up against, Holy Spirit will help us go through that. I didn't say he would deliver you from the problem. We live in a fallen world. Stuff happens. But he will empower you to go through it. And he will give you wisdom to go through it. And he will give you peace in the midst of it. We're going to talk about that more. So he is our helper. And this, this has got to become, I believe it needs to be more of a reality in our lives as believers, that we draw on the Holy Spirit. It needs to be more of a reality if we're going to be the people of God that he wants us to be. And like I said earlier, I think sometimes we forget. We're not aware of the power and the ability. Y'all, we're not weak. We're not weak. We've got power residing on the inside of us. We've got the very power of God to overcome dwelling on the inside of us. We need to quit acting like a bunch of little sissy girls, I guess. I think we forget that we can and should. Say can and should. Can and should. Ephesians 6.10 says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord. That's a command. You be strong. You be strong in the Lord. You do it. You be strong. We shouldn't look and act defeated and depressed. Y'all, depression is not a fruit of the Spirit. All right? We shouldn't walk around acting defeated, depressed. We shouldn't walk around in anger and frustration. We should be strong in the Lord, walking in his joy, in his peace, victorious. We are victorious. We are overcomers in this world. 1 John 2, 6 says, He, should, he who says he abides in him ought I like that. I underlined it. Ought. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. What? What? Jesus? We're supposed to walk as Jesus walked? He who abides in him ought himself. Is that the word? I I didn't make that up. God said that. Holy Spirit said that. We ought to. There's no excuses. We ought to walk as he walked. That's what the word says. There's no excuses. And, well, God, it's just hard. It's just hard. I'm, I'm having a hard day. Well, you know what? He's told me before, well, get over it. Get over it. Get over yourself. Get over your hard day. What does the word say? So this is where I think the rubber meets the road. Because we claim we're Christians, we claim we're children of God, we claim we're heirs and all that kind of stuff, and we want the promises of God fulfilled in our lives, and we want to be blessed and all that wonderful stuff, but we need to walk as he walked if we want those things in our lives. And it, like I said, it isn't just that we need to, is that we ought to. We should. We should walk as he walked. He's given us the ability to do that. He's given us that ability, so that's what we need to do. Colossians 1.13, I'm going to read this in the Amplified Version. Amplified Classic. The Father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. That word delivered, the Father has delivered us, means that he is a picture of somebody literally reaching down and snatching you out of danger, grabbing you out of danger. It's a, the um, Vines Expository Dictionary says it's a very aggressive word. It's done aggressively. It says he has delivered us out of darkness, but then it says he has transferred us into the kingdom. 
That's the part I like. Praise God, I'm delivered out of darkness, okay? Hallelujah. And my life was very dark before we got saved. But the best part is he placed me in the kingdom where I have authority, where I have Holy Spirit to operate in my life. So he, you know, we don't have an excuse. I'm, I'm kind of speechless over that because he snatched us out and placed us in. What a wonderful, wonderful father we have. I was thinking the other day as I was preparing this sermon about um, God's mercy and his goodness, and I know I've told some of y'all this story before, but you're going to hear it again, so get over it. Um, before Alan and I got saved, uh, we were we were living in Anniston, and Anniston is a very hilly city, much like Birmingham. And the little road that we lived up, there was a side road that went to a little grocery store. And it ran right alongside the four-lane highway that goes through Anniston. But you know how when they blow a mountain up and, and to make a road, there's um, like an embankment of rock, and then there's this little tiny two-lane road that went to the little grocery store that we would go to. And the thing about this little road was it was only wide enough for two cars, and it was, I don't even know how many feet, above the main four-lane highway down there. And when you would go, the road, it was a short little road, and it had a hill, like a roller coaster hill. It went up really fast and went down really fast. So you couldn't see over the roller coaster hill until you got literally to the top of the hill and then you could see over. Well, one day we were going to the store and there was a car parked on the side. I'm like, now I think about that. Back then we didn't think a whole lot about it, but what kind of idiot would park their car there? But anyway, there was a car parked on the side of that little road, which meant there was really only like one and a half lanes at that where that car was. And it was right at the top of the hill. And so, but not only was there a car parked there, part of the road had washed off where the car was parked. And so it looked like Cookie Monster took a big bite out of that road. So there was barely room to get by that car. I mean, barely room to get by that car. So we were coming up the hill from the store, and just about the time we crest the hill, another car was coming met us up the, up, up the other side. There's nothing you can do. I mean, there's just nothing you can do. We, I closed my eyes because you know, <laughs> we're fixing to crash. We opened our eyes up. That car was going over behind us down the hill, and we were on the other side. That is one of the most supernatural things that's ever happened to me in my life. To this, there's no explanation. There is no possible way that could have ever happened except for God and his mercy in our lives. So God, in his mercy, will, will work for us and save us. But to grow into the people he wants us to be, we have a part to play in that. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that he delivered me. He, at that moment, he delivered us. He snatched us out of danger at that very moment, and we were going down the other side of the hill. Only God could do that. So my question to you is, do you identify as a Christian, as a believer in Christ? And I, when I say identify, I'm not using that in the term that the world uses, identify, because, you know. I'm talking about, is that who you are? Is that who you identify? I want to show you something Heidi did during Children's Chapel the other day. Um, she held this up and said, can anybody tell me who Shield this is? Does anybody know who Shield this is? Captain America. Of course, every one of the little kids knew that this was Captain America's shield, even though it's a little bit broken. Okay? And she was talking about believers. 
And what she was talking about was in the Army, in our services, every different division, branch of service has emblems that represents them. They have clothing that represent them. In the Roman army, they had shields that represented the army that they were part of, or in the Roman day when Rome ruled the world, they had shields that represented them. If somebody saw that shield, they would know immediately who those people were fighting for. It's that way all over the world. Every country has something that represents that country. Maybe it's a flag. And you know immediately what country is represented by that flag. Well, as Christians, she was holding this up. Whose army would this be? God's army? This would be God's army. Of course, all the little kids shouted that out right away. God's army. Um, but if I, I can't walk around holding this shield up all day long, I'm a part of God's army, I'm a Christian, here I am, I'm a part of God's army, I can't do that. That's retarded, for one thing. But I can't do that. So how does anybody know that I identify as a Christian? It's not my cross. I even have cross earrings on. You know, does that make me... My goodness, I see rappers that definitely are not Christians that have great big cross around their neck. So does that, if somebody sees me, is that going to identify me as a Christian? It's in my day-to-day behavior and the way I present myself to the world. Does the person that we see on a regular basis at the grocery store, do they identify you as a Christian if they saw you and and they say, oh, yeah, that lady... Is a, you know, that lady's a Christian. Or I think that, even if that, I think that lady might be a Christian. I think that man might be a Christian because he's pretty nice to me. Or something different. The people you work with, if you work with a bunch of heathens. I don't work with any heathens. I don't work with any heathens. If I do, I need to find that out, but I don't. <laughs> we, we need to address that situation. Um, but... You know, you're in your, in, in your work environment. Do they, if somebody asks them about you, I know this is very elementary, but it, it's where the rubber meets the road, to be honest with you. If somebody asks them about you, would they know that you were a Christian at the gym, at the golf course, wherever, wherever we go? We have to quit being... Um, secret Christians, because the world needs to see something that's real and something that's true and something that's consistent, because nothing else is consistent in this crazy world. There's nothing consistent. God is consistent, and if we would represent him rightly, that we would be able to draw people. We want to draw them unto him, but we're we're what they see. For the most part, for most people, Jesus doesn't just appear to them. God appeared to Alan, but he's never appeared to me in that, in that manner. I don't know why. I try to be good, Lord, but he doesn't. Romans 12.2 tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And that word, be transformed, let me tell you what the Vines Expository Dictionary says about that. I love it. The obligation being to undergo a complete change which under the power of God will find expression in character and conduct. To undergo a complete change which under the power of God will find expression in your character and in your conduct. That is what it means to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And sometimes we think, you know, well, I tried. That was hard. Or some people think it's not possible. But like I said earlier, does God lie? The Word of God says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So it's got to be possible. So our part is that you be transformed. 
He didn't say, he didn't say, I'm going to transform you. He said, you be transformed by the renewing of your mind, you, your mind. We don't get a lobotomy when we become Christians and, you know, whatever. We have to put the effort in and being transformed by the renewing of our mind, by listening to the Word, by coming to church like you've done today, by spending time reading the Word, by listening to podcasts, by doing those things. But don't forget, it's, under, under, it's not under your own power that is accomplished. It's by the power of God through you the power of God through you, that you can do that. So I want to look at some of the things, what the Word of God says walking as he walked looks like. So let's turn to Galatians 5.22, or click to Galatians 5.22, however you are going to get there. But the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, what Spirit? Holy Spirit. Spirit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit. And um, Josh, can you interrupt that and throw that um, definition up there for me? Were you able to do that? Oh, you're awesome. The fruit of the Spirit. I want to read a definition to you of what Vine says about fruit. Ooh, that's, that's whittle bitty is used of that which is produced by the inherent energy of a living organism as the visible expressions of hidden lust are the works of the flesh so the invisible power of the holy spirit and those who are brought into living union with christ produces the fruit of the spirit i love that the living union which Christ produces the fruit of the Spirit. It's that union that we have with him that produces the fruit of the Spirit. Y'all, if we don't have the Holy Spirit, we're not going to produce the fruit of the Spirit. Okay, so we got to have him to produce what he wants us to produce. Amen? Okay, but the fruit of the Spirit, we're going to read what that is. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness. Oh, Josh, you are fast. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, what? Let us walk in the Spirit. Here we go again. He's telling us, walk in the Spirit. (laughs) If we abide in God then we need to walk like we abide in him. Amen? I want to read um, 22 and 25 in the Amplified Version. It says, But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which his presence within accomplishes, is love, joy, gladness, peace, patience, and even temper and forbearance, kindness, goodness, which is benevolence, Faithfulness, gentleness, which is meekness and humility. Self-control, which is self-restraint and continence. If we live by, verse 25 says, if we live by the Holy Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. If by the Holy Spirit we have our life in God, let us go forward walking in line, our conduct controlled by the Spirit. Our conduct controlled by the Spirit. By the Spirit. I want to take a minute. I want to review a few of these. The fruit. Love. Ask yourself. I want you to ask yourself. Because I had to do this, so so do you. I want you to ask yourself, love. Am I do I operate out of love? Is that something that is coming out of me to the people that I'm around? Joy. Am I a joyful person? You know, I went through a period of time. I've shared shared this with the ladies at my Bible studies. I went through a period of time where I was sad, which is not my normal personality. But I was sad. And this went on for a couple months. And I would get in my car and I'd drive down the road and I'd think, I'm just sad. I'm just sad. 
be home, be doing something, and think, I'm just sad. I'm sad. And this went on, like I said, for a couple months, just sad all the time. One day I was driving down the road and thought, I'm just so sad, just so sad. And Holy Spirit said, stop it. Stop it. Stop saying that. And, I mean, it startled me because I wasn't, you know, thinking about God. I was thinking about me. And he said, stop it. I was like, you know, I need to stop that. I need to stop thinking that. I need to stop saying that because that just leads you down a deep, dark trail. You do not want to go. And so I just repented right then. I said, oh, my gosh, I, I am sorry. I'm going to stop saying that. I'm going to stop saying, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I am not a sad person. And so I had my little self uh, uh, um, repentance service right there in my car and to turn about and change the way I'm thinking. And I want you to know that never happened again. From that day forward, I, it wasn't something I purposely did or didn't do. It just didn't happen again. One day I'm driving down the road and all of a sudden I realized I'm not sad. I'm not thinking about being sad. Now, we can take authority over stuff that tries to come into our lives. The joy of the Lord is your strength. We're supposed to, look, people are angry. People just walk around angry. How are we going to show the world that we're different? Maybe by having a smile on our face and walking in joy. Peace. Peace. Are we operating in peace? Or are we letting our life situations stress us? Are we all worried about what's going on? I mean, my Lord, butter is almost $7 a pound now. That's ridiculous. You know, are, are, are we stressed about, you know, relationships and work things going on and, and prices and politics and the upcoming elections? Lord forbid. That the, that the Republicans don't take over everything. I hope he forgets it. But what if he doesn't? What if they do? Is God still God? You know what? It takes faith in him and who he is that no matter what goes on in this world, God has a plan, and he has a plan and a purpose for your life. For it, it's a good plan. So it doesn't matter. It takes faith to walk in peace when everything's going crazy. It takes faith to walk in joy when everybody's angry. Faith in him and who he is. Not in you and not in yourself, but in who he is and who he is in you that you can bring forth. Patience. I got impatient yesterday. Yesterday? Friday. I got impatient Friday. I went ugly, but I went patient because it took the pharmacy. Alan had surgery on Friday, and it took the pharmacy over four hours, five hours to get his prescription filled. And finally, I looked at that lady, and I said, my husband is in pain. I need this prescription. Okay, I'll get it for you right away. I had it within five minutes after that. I'm like, okay, well, I didn't say some of the things I was thinking. I'm learning not to think them. He's still working on me. <laughs> Kindness, are we kind to people? I loved it when they had those billboards out, just be kind. Did y'all see those during the pandemic? Just be kind. Don't be all stressed and anxious and be Just be kind. Be benevolent. Be faithful. Lord, have mercy, y'all. Faithfulness is a lost art. You cannot even get people to RSVP to come to a party that they don't have to pay anything for, and they can eat all they want because they're afraid that something better might come up. And if they RSVP, then they might feel obligated. What's up with that? Can you trust God for your life that... If something better does come up and you're already committed, that he'll work it out for you? I mean, and then they RSVP and they don't show up. 
How many events have I put on? I can't even count them. Asking people, Buffalo and Blues, by the way, if you have an RSVP, we need that done immediately. We should have been done last week. But anyway, how many events I have put on that people RSVP'd, said that they would be here. I set a place for them, bought food for them, and they didn't show up. I, I can't even count the number of times that's happened. Faithfulness, faithful to your job, faithful to your schoolwork, faithful to your family, faithfulness, people, oh, Lord, that's a good one. That takes God. Self-control, we're going to skip on to self-control because I'm going to lose control over that one. Self-control, we have to maintain self-control. Don't lose control of yourself. <laughs> Don't go crazy over stuff. Trust God, okay? Trust God. So anyway, I'm, I'm done with that little rant right there. We do it through faith. So it isn't enough to have the Holy Spirit. We must also walk by the Spirit and live our lives in alignment with Him. Live our lives in step with Him. Walk with Him, in step with Him. Um, last week, I think it was last week, I was in the office and... Um, I don't know what happened. Somebody said something. I don't know what. don't remember. But my thought was I was going to say something that would not have been a blessing. And I don't remember what it was because the thought that followed captivated me so much I forgot what I was going to say. But I just knew that it wasn't going to, I was going to say something that it wasn't going to be a blessing, and I didn't say it. Go for me. Yes. And... Um, I thought to myself in that instance, man, what I need is a life coach. I need, I need a, a life coach 24 hours a day, seven days a week that's just going to walk around and say, say this, don't say this. Okay, so, you know, and going to talk to me. And I didn't even hardly get that thought out of my brain. And I thought, okay, you have a life coach. It's the Holy Spirit, and he is with you 24-7. And he will tell you what to say and what to do. And I just thought that was hysterical that I even had that thought, I need a life coach. Y'all, we have a life coach, and he's free. And he's with us 24-7. If we would just draw on him and ask him for his help, he will help us. I mean, he's helped me a whole lot because I didn't say what I thought I was about saying. So, hey, I am growing. I am growing. He's the best life coach ever, amen? And, but we got to stay in tune and in step with him. Keep our ears open, our spiritual ears open to what he's saying. He said, don't say that. I didn't say it. That's not, that's not a fruit of the Spirit coming. That's about to come out. It's not a fruit of the Spirit. Don't let that slip out. Keep it in. Anybody see that video of the ladies singing, keep your business off of Facebook? Anybody seen that in church? It's the greatest. Keep your business off of Facebook. You know, sometimes you just need to keep your business to yourself. And Holy Spirit will help you do that. Don't say things. We don't have to say everything we think. Learn to keep it to yourself. Romans 8.29 says, For those whom he foreknew, of whom he was aware and loved beforehand, he also... He also destined from the beginning, foreordaining them to become molded into the image of his son and share inwardly in his likeness, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. God wants us to be molded into his image. That word molded means to be conformed. It means to be molded and shaped, literally having the, the same form as another. I took this piece of Play-Doh and I mashed it into a shape and a form that I might could use. I'm not really done with it yet because I want it to be molded. I want to, I want to cut an image. And God wants to mold us. And, you know, he kind of sometimes has to press on us a little bit and squish us around a little bit and say, you know, you need to get that out of your life. 
And then he goes a little further and he begins to shape us even more in his image. And as he presses in, and sometimes there's a little bit of cutting that goes on in our lives, and we don't want to give stuff up. Come on, y'all. We like living in the flesh. But one thing, it's easy. doesn't take any resistance at all. We can just do whatever we want to do, say whatever we want to say. Leave a bunch of devastation behind, but hey, I got my way. So he shapes and he molds us. But then there's things that sometimes have to be cut off of us. Maybe a little bit of unforgiveness, and we don't want to let that go, but you know what? doesn't do you any good. Maybe a little bit of anger. Wants to peel that anger off of us, and we're like, I don't know, I don't think I want to let that go. But you know what? It's only destructive. Maybe impatience. Maybe you're an impatient person. He wants to peel that off of you. And you're like, but I want my way. Well, I do too, but it's not always the best thing. See, that's where faith comes in. Because when we don't get our way, we got to believe that God knows best and that he has that good plan in our lives. Amen? Depression, definitely not a fruit of the Spirit. God doesn't want us depressed. He wants us walking in his joy and walking in his love. And he peels those things off of us as we submit to him, as we learn to walk in the fruit of the Spirit, as we learn to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's we just want to give in to our flesh all the time in different areas of our life. But as he does that and he continues to peel all those things off of us, we get shaped and molded into his image and into his likeness. And we become the person that he wants us to be, the man or the woman of God. But like I said, it's not enough just to kind of physically look like him or to wear your cross around your neck. It's representing him. Because you can resemble a person, but not represent that person. Okay? So we don't want to just look like a Christian. We want to be a Christian. We want to walk in his image, that walking it out thing that he wants us to do. Amen? We got to step it up, people. That's what I think. That's what God's told me. If he tells me that, then I'm going to tell you that. We got to step it up. God wants us to move. He wants the church, he wants the body of Christ to move up into a higher place with him and to quit living way down here in substandard relationship with him, to move up so that we hear his voice and that we walk in the things he wants us to do. We want to be see people saved, but we're the ones that, that we're going to draw them to the Lord. Unless God does a supernatural thing like he did for Alan. They need to see him and us. They need to see that he's different. So how do we change? I'm going to give you a few things and how to be pliable and moldable in the hands of God, and then we'll close. First of all, we have to realize we need help and that we need change. And that, you know, the first step is admitting you have a problem. (laughs) I know a couple problems I have that I'm not ready to let go yet. The first step is admit coffee, caffeine. Peter's like, Mom, try not to sin. First thing, we have to realize we have, to, we have a problem, we need help, and we need to change. Um, so I'm one, I want to read this scripture to you. I didn't give this to Joshua. Um, Psalm 139, 23. Search me thoroughly, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there is any wicked or hurtful way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. You know what? Ask God to show you. Ask him to show you the things that you need to change. Like I said, none of us have arrived, and we don't want to walk in frustration and anger and depression and be aggravated all the time, walking in fear. Those things are not fruits of the fruits fruit of the spirit. 
Number two, spend time with God. Just spend time with him. And you know what, y'all? It doesn't look the same for everybody. I'm not saying you've got to get up every morning at 5 o'clock in the morning and spend an hour in prayer and an hour in devotion or whatever. Alan spends time with God. Yes, he studies the Word. Lord, he studies the Word. But he hears from God more cutting the grass, trimming trees, working in the garden, riding on the mower, pushing the mower. Mike travels a lot. He's in his vehicle an ungodly amount of time. He spends time with God in his vehicle, talking to the Lord while he's driving down the road. The Lord will show him something. Maybe it's a barn. Maybe it's a church. Maybe it's a cow by the side of the road. He'll show him something and speak to him through it. You can get up one scripture verse. You don't have to read a whole chapter, the whole Bible, spend four hours. A scripture verse. Search me, O God. You could take that. Search me thoroughly, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and meditate on it, on and off, all day long. Search me, O God. What does that mean? Search me, O God. How are you going to search me, Lord? And you know why he'll talk to you through that? Well, let me show you. So it's different for different people, but the main thing is spend time with him because you can't represent somebody you don't know. So you have to know him. You have to know his heart. Spend time talking to him. He's not elusive. He wants you to know him, and he wants you to know his will. Number three, ask him why you are responding in a way that does not line up with the word of God and how you can change it. Ask him why. God, why am I acting that way? Why did I get so ticked off when that guy almost ran me off the road? Well, your life might have been in danger, but setting that aside. How do we change it? Psalm 1611 says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. He will show you the path of life. All I got to do is ask him. He wants to talk to you. Just ask him. And he'll show you the path of life. And in his presence is joy forevermore. Amen. God loves you, and he wants you, he wants that plan that he has for your life to be, come to fruition so that you can be the man or the woman of God that he has called you to be. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much that you love us, that you sent your son Jesus to die for us. You sent Holy Spirit to help us. Father, you've, you've gotten us taken care of in every area of our lives. And, Lord, we just ask you to help us as we walk this out to seek after you and to hear your voice. Father, we ask you to speak to us. Show us your direction and give us your wisdom. Father, I thank you that as your people go through the rest of their week that you bless them. I speak blessings over their lives in Jesus' name. Father, I ask you to speak to them individually. Father, bringing them life, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.